1: Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, I sat down with Brady Rederath. We get into his family in the outdoors, shit the gear junkies pull and uh yeah just getting it done out west enjoy the episode so we're on with Brady Redderath Brady good evening man I appreciate your time um it's been a little while kind of a long time coming man how you doing
2: I'm doing good I appreciate you having me on um been listening to quite a bit of them and I love listening to them. I just love listening to everyone's story and see what the different experiences everyone's had and hunting seasons. And yeah, I love it.
1: So, man, we'll jump right in, man. It's your time. It's your story. So, you know, it's your episode, your podcast. Um, let's drop in. Give us an intro. Um, yeah. Just tell us about yourself.
2: I grew up in um, North Dakota in a small town of about 7,000. Um did I hunted whitetails there quite a bit. Um that's about a little hunted on my uncle's farm, waterfall, um coyotes, pretty much everything you could over there. When I wanted to hunt mule deer and stuff, I headed out west, but um grew up there my whole life, went to college, um actually right in about 60 miles east into Minnesota, got electrical degree and uh worked as like electrician for 10 years and then uh transferred to a utility company worked for a utility company and um worked there for 10 years and then I own a electrical business on the side and now we're in South Dakota and I'm loving it it's a great place to raise a family small little town and um hunting and fishing is awesome takes me about 10 15 minutes to get the boat in the water and, and it takes me no time at all to get across the river or I can stay on the east side of the river and go hunt and whatever I want to do. It's pretty, pretty laid back town and great people.
1: So that hunting and outdoor life, man, that's a, a family affair in your house <laughs> household. Should you give us a little bit of background on, on that?
2: And- yeah, I, my, uh, I, my dad, um, he's always hunted He hasn't done like a ton of hunting. He always deer hunted, um, fished. And then, um, basically I kind of wanted to get involved deer season every single year in North Dakota. It's like a, it's like a holiday Friday at noon season opens up. And, uh, and I just, I actually got out of school, got the whole day of Friday off. I started when I was, oh man, probably eight years old. I suppose I went with them. Um, this whole day of school I thought that was so cool and basically went around and back then we just walked tree rows and walked past my uncle's pastures and I beat brush and other guys posted and they shot deer and and that's how I grew up deer hunting um and then when I was pretty young too um I did a lot of I wanted to go waterfall hunting ducks and geese and my dad never really did it much so he bought some decoys and bought us some waders and we went out duck hunting. We shot a bunch of ducks and we had a good old time. And, and, uh, of course I always, you know, I always wanted to go to the range and shoot rifle or 22 or whatever, but my dad always wasn't available to do that. He's at work or whatever was going on. And so I wanted a bow so I could actually go in the lot just to the west of us. It was like an empty lot a bunch of trees and I could sit there and shoot bow all day long if I wanted to. So yeah, and then my uncles they did a lot of hunting too. They hunted out west a lot and that's where I kinda um started getting involved more in hunting out west and mule deer. And once I shot my first meal deer, man, I was hooked. So I just something about that something about mule deer. I love hunting whitetail, but mule deer's been passion of mine for such a long time and and uh so yeah, I mean we just I grew up in a family that's kind of my dad hunted, but it wasn't like we never went to the mountains and hunted much and but we just basically stuck around the North Dakota and did that, you know, whitetails and ducks and geese and coyote. That's about what we did. And then once I got a little older I was like going to hunt out west and shot my first deer with my bow out west, meal deer. And um my first rifle deer was a mule deer and first hunt ever would have been. Yeah, when I think it was twelve years old, my great uncle had a little cabin in the Badlands, Western North Dakota that we went out and hunted and Oh man, that was that was amazing. I mean, you wake up in the morning, you're in the middle of the Badlands and you're seeing mule deer and that's God's country. It makes it just something that so then after that every every year I went out archery hunting it was tough to draw a rifle tag out there it was a as a youth you could draw you could get it was a, at that time you could um um it was statewide you could basically go where you wanted to go but that's kind of changed from then so but yeah so if hunting's always been with me I've hunted my whole life um my dad's always hunted mostly you know mainly stuck to that rifle deer season in November and kind of just carried it on and now i love it it's all i want to do i don't even want to work i just want to hunt <laughs> you and
1: me man you and me <laughs> but you guys i mean you guys hunt a lot i mean your your family is always out um the wife is always out um you guys are constantly in the woods man a little bit envious of that
2: well I, yeah well the- I almost felt like you when I was little is like, gosh, you watch these, you watch East, Eastman's hunt journal and you'd watch real tree outdoors. You're like, is that all these people do is hunt all the time? Boy, they're going here. They're going there. They're hunting whitetails. They're going mule deer hunting, they're hunting elk. It's like, man, I want to, I want to be able to hunt more than just that opening weekend of deer season. And then, well, I've, I found the right woman. So that kind of made things a little bit easier. She kind of, followed in my footsteps and wanted to enjoy hunting so it kind of i was super fortunate to have that get her involved in that and we do hunt um we do hunt actually way more now that we move to south dakota it's just the opportunity here is just crazy i mean we can get multiple deer tags antelope tags we can get a reservation tag i mean we get a chance at an elk tag out west and the, the black hills um, Yeah. So it's, I mean, turkey tags, everything. So we get, I mean, yeah, we, and it's not very far. I mean, Kristen only takes her 10 minutes to get to the Berlin here this weekend when she went turkey on. I mean, she's, it's, it's, um, it's close and I like that where I can just get in the truck, grab the kids. We can all go out. I'm only going to be gone for half a day. It's not like if I live in a big city, it takes me two hours, three hours just to get out of town or get to the, get to the mountain or something, but I love the mountains too. I would love to live out there, but this is kind of where I'm at for now, which is fine. I'm totally fine with it for now. I just, this is, uh, this is home for us. Yeah, man. I don't, don't, yeah.
1: Doesn't sound outside looking in. Doesn't sound like it can get any better, man. Yeah,
2: I know. It's, I know it's, it's good. I mean, I can't complain at all. I have it. We have it really good. I've been super fortunate with good, healthy kids, awesome wife, and they all love being out there all being in the outdoors. We shot Bow I mean I went out. my wife's actually in Phoenix right now with their family, but uh right now, but my uh my two daughters and my son, we went out to the archery range on Monday, and we shot we, was, they're like, "Well, how long can we stay?" I was like, "We can stay out here all day, all night if you want. <laughs> I said, "You should just keep shooting." So yeah, they love being outdoors and my youngest one heard some turkeys, so I put her up on this little bench and she was looking through turkeys through binoculars and I love it. She looks at it and she just is like, Dad, remember that time that turkey like lifted his fan up and then put it back down and then gobbled? And I'm like, I sure do. I just love it. She's I awesome. I love that she I gets. I love
1: watching the stories and stuff with her on there,
2: man. <laughs> she's comical. Oh, she's the cutest little thing. So, yeah, we are super fortunate with I mean, you know if the kids don't like the outdoors or don't want to do hunting when they get old, that's totally fine. that's you know I'm not forcing them into it, but that's kind of what we do, and they enjoy doing it. I just love seeing them out there.
1: <coughs> How did the twenty eighteen season
2: look for you guys? actually, the twenty eighteen season was probably number one or two on my whole entire uh forever of hunting I mean 2018 was amazing and not because I shot a bunch of animals I didn't shoot I shot one animal this year I shot one whitetail and the reason behind that is why it was so amazing is because the uh the scouting this year started off with scouting whatever. I had my son with me. We were hunting this big meal deer for a while. It just didn't work out. It gave us a slip or whatever. That happened, but we still just continued to do our thing. But what was really exciting about it was that he was able as a mentor. he's they changed the mentor thing to like you uh, didn't have to be ten anymore. You could they kind of basically left it up to the parents or the guardian to take care of the kid if you think he's ready to hunt then you can get him a deer tag or an antelope tag or whatever. So that's what we did. He spent, that's all he wanted to do is shoot out the range. He wanted to go hunt. He shot his first mule deer doe with his rifle and he shot his first antelope. And man, I wish I could show everyone. In, well, eventually we'll or we'll have it. or be able to show it here pretty soon um, when we snuck up on them antelope. And he should pull the trigger and that thing just, he anchored it right away. The look on his face is just like, oh my gosh. Like that right there, I'm like, that was like shooting a big buck for me. I mean, that was just like, so cool to see that. And then for him to shoot it. And then to shoot a deer. I mean, he, he had two tags. He used two. He shot twice, (laughs) right? The first one was right in the shoulder. The second one was right behind the shoulder. and. Yeah, that was the end of that. He he practiced quite a bit. And he was, I mean, you you could tell he he made two great shots on two separate animals, and that was awesome.
1: So you guys are that, uh, at the range quite a bit. I mean, as a family, right? And and for those that don't know, uh, Kristen and I did an episode. I don't know. It seems like it's been two months, three months now. Um, so she gave us kind of the you know she gave us a little bit but from from your point of view and passing that passing down excuse me that tradition um why is that important to you and then what what are the values that come along with it that that you're hoping to pass down to them
2: um going to the range i guess of like even you know the archery range we go quite a bit as a family we go to the We got a a range actually in town. It's, it goes out to 200 yards. But what I'm trying to pass on to them is the ethics, um, that's gun safety. I mean, that's a huge thing. There's so many accidents that happen with kids. And the problem is, is that they're so curious. What is this? You know, what is this? You know, what can it do? Well, when you take them out to the range, they experience that. I mean, they see the recoil, they hear the bang they they understand what this thing can do. I mean, um, whether you're shooting steel or targets, I mean just and then go through it with them and show them, hey this is this is the barrel, this is the stock, this is the bolt, this is the trigger, this is the safety um, you know the fundamentals of it when you shoot, keep your 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 uh, the buttstock into your shoulder. Keep your head down, pull the trigger slowly, just simple stuff like that, that, um, it's the fundamentals that if they can just, um, engrave that into their head, it's like they have a, a really good idea on starting off on just shooting. So basically the biggest thing is safety. And then once they kind of, obviously we don't just don't give them all guns and go ahead shoot, but, but, um, you know, each You know, it's one person at a time. I'll shoot. Usually when I'm load testing for some of my rifles or whatever, I go by myself or Cooper will come with me. I run it through chronographs and different loads. I usually do that by myself. I just, it's kind of a, um, I like, I take that pretty serious on some of my custom rifles on how they shoot. So I like doing that kind of by myself just so it's, it's just kind of a lot of work keeping track of numbers and velocities. But yeah, one kid'll shoot, the next one will shoot, and we just kind of take each other, take turns, and and uh they love it. I mean, they'll one will shoot shoot twenty-two, seventeen, two twenty-three. Uh Cooper shoots a six five the two sixty. He actually shot the three hundred wind mag last year. I was like, You want to try this? He's like, Yeah, I think so. So I had to take a video of it just to see the recoil on it, because cause I could tell that. He always keeps that butt stock in his shoulder. And I was like, well, he's never gonna add We're gonna scope him because I see how he has it every time. So so yeah, and we also have a there's a private thousand yard range that we take our we go to quite a bit. It's got uh you know chickens at three hundred, the pigs at four, um, something else at five. We got Rams at six hundred, seven hundred yard elk, eight hundred yard buffalo, thousand yard. Just a gong, whatever. But so we get a lot of practice, and and that's kind of especially because I'm, I really I've always been a fan of guns. I've always liked long range. I used to shoot a little bit of competition, long range competition, F class matches and stuff. And it's just, the practice, the the more you shoot, the better you get. And shooting in the wind is huge. I mean, shoot long range isn't super hard it's dealing with the wind i mean that wind does different things at 100 yards as it does at 800 yards i mean you just you don't know and then trying to read the grass and the leaves and you know what's the actual wind doing across the canyon i mean you got updrafts and you got downdrafts and i mean what's it's just practice i mean no one's going to be perfect at everything um but that but practice the more you do it the easier it gets same thing with the kids at their age; they understand it more, it becomes easier. They know that when they have got the gun, if they're going to carry it, I'll let them carry it back to the pickup. They carry it up in the air, keep make sure their muzzle's in a safe direction, stuff like that. But that's I don't know. I just I just the kids love it. That's the thing is, it's not like I'm forcing them to go out there and I'm trying to force them into. Hey, you need to like this, right? Because right. that's not what I want to do. But my youngest, or no, be my middle daughter. I told her that I says, if you shoot the gun, I mean, you, she loves shooting. All she wants to do is go to the range and shoot the 223 because I told her, and maybe I shouldn't have told her, I says, if you can shoot that gun good enough this year and you're consistent and I don't have to help you with it, you can set it up and you can shoot a deer this year. And boy, she took that to the next level. She's like, can we go to the range today? Did you get some ammo loaded? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm working on that but so yeah, that's the ranges. We love, we got a good range here. So.
1: I mean, just and that, then, just that constant time as a family enjoying all that, man, I, you know, like I said, I watch those stories that, that you and Kristen post and it's just like, man, that's, that's awesome. You just don't oh, see, yeah. you don't see that much of that anymore. Right. I mean, it's uh, we've kind of drifted away from, you know, the outdoors to a point and, Um, When it comes to firearms, you know, oh, goodness, you know, taking the kids out to teach them how to safely handle a firearm and use it. uh.
2: Yeah, I I mean, that's a big thing. I mean, we got we got a lot of guns in the house. I mean, they're, (laughs) they're not laying all over there in a gun safe, but still, I mean, you hear too many kids get into accidents because they're curious. They want to know what it does. Well. There, you've shot the gun a bunch. I hope you're not curious. You're gonna try to get in the gun safe and you know what I mean? That's but no, they they enjoy it, so we love taking them. I mean, I'm getting that point where I don't even shoot. We go to the range, I don't even shoot. I just love watching them trying to help them out. Stuff like that. But yeah, back to that that 2018 season. So that 2018 season, Cooper shot his first first two animals. And then, um, let's see. So from there, then we went trying to think here now. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we went, Kristen drew an antelope tag in Wyoming. We headed out to Wyoming. Um, and actually Luke and her both drew antelope tags. So we hunted there. Kristen shot an awesome antelope. Um, we actually hunted with a couple other guys that had tags and they, it was such a fun hunt. I mean, we, we counted that day, just hunting. I mean, oh my gosh, the bucks were everywhere. I mean, I mean, it took quite a while. It took seven years to draw that tag, but the, uh, might not have been seven years. I actually put her in for a special draw. So it was double the price, but you actually could, the odds were, you got your odds went up a little bit better. Maybe it was five or six years. I can't remember, but oh, that it was, it was awesome. I mean, we saw multiple bucks. We could glass and we could look through the spotters. You like this one? Is this what you want? I mean, it was, it was, it was one of those hunts where there's no stress involved at all. It's look at all the antelope. Let's just find one you like. If you don't like it, we'll go find another one. (laughs) But so that she shot an awesome antelope. I was, that was pumped for her she's that's her favorite animal to hunt is antelope she loved it and then she shot hers and luke we went out and luke shot his and that wrapped up the day and and we went luke and i went out west elk hunting um he shot an awesome bull that was an awesome hunt um backcountry hunt um after that uh let's see back archery hunt did some archery hunting i never it's kind of too picky, kind of picky about archery hunting. Um, so no, I never shot a deer with my bow. Um, Kristen, we went out meal deer hunting. There was a meal deer that I was watching for two years. I tried hunting him with my bow. He's, I didn't want to pressure him too bad. He was always with a bachelor group of bucks early season when they're in full velvet. I always had bucks with him. I made a couple of stocks and the way those meal deer sit, they sit in those cut banks. it's like it's like the two bucks that were with the big one was watching out for him. The way they were facing though of course they had the wind in their favor, but they had the the wind is in their favor, their wind is at their back. They were looking, I mean I was like, I'm gonna there's just no way to get up on this deer. So I backed out a couple different times I said whatever I'm gonna leave them. So Krista never drew that tag that year, so she obviously drew it this next year, so we went on hunting, and we scouted that whole, that whole day before and never seen anything really nice. And It was that next morning we went in early in the dark, and I was like, let's get out to this vantage point and let's just watch because the deer are starting to rut, and I was like, we get out to this bottom. I know those deer are going to be moving down there, whether they're coming from whatever direction they're coming up, the draws, whether they're staying in the creek bottoms. So we got out there, and this is what irks my wife more than anything about this hunt. I have the video camera. We've been pulling the video camera around, and it's cold out. It started to snow. Drop my picture. She's like, you want to grab the video camera? I was like, no. So I don't want to grab it. It's too cold. I don't want to have to deal with that thing. <laughs> so I left in the truck we get out there and you could see deer in the kind of in the moonlight a little bit out there and so we get out to where we wanted to be and sun is coming up and so we're glass and then we see deer and and Kristen's like there's some I look over there and I look through binoculars and I'm like oh he looks like a pretty good buck and I was like gosh he does look good I said he might be a shooter so I pull out Pull up my spotting scope, set that up. I look and I'm like, oh my gosh, he's a shooter. <laughs> he's a shooter. I said, oh man. So then we kind of, we wanted to get onto the the south end of this point so we could see a little better. So then we kind of crawled over there and all of a sudden, boom, he's down. I'm like, oh, great. So I knew he is in this cut somewhere along this creek bottom. I was like, let's just wait. Waited and waited and I was like, I don't, he's in there somewhere. I know he is. I said, we can either sneak up it's going to be a quick shot. I said, let's just wait. I said, he's not going nowhere. He's going to stay in there. And of course, you know how those deer are. They, you sneak up on one way, they somehow see yours and they're gone the other way. So we just waited him out and the doze he was with got up and they moved and small buck went with them. And, and, uh, we heard some gunshots and I think where I seen him during archery season, the last year and a half, was about a mile, two miles north of it, where we were at, and he come out, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, there he is!" And he just stood there, and I'm like, "I ranged him." I was like, 700, 700, I was like 700, 800 yards." I'm like, yeah, "That's way too far. You're not going to shoot that far." She was just shooting like six, five Creedmoor, and we shoot at that distance all the time with that gun. But I was like, "No," we can't. and she's like, "I'm not shooting that far. That's way too far for you know pre- what we practice. She's practiced lately, so we waited." And the thing just started kind of walking and walking. And I'm like, God dang, I should have brought that video camera. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was coming. (laughs) And uh, I mean, for like 20 minutes, this deer just slowly walked towards us. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's at 500. Then he gets to the fence and I'm like, okay, get ready. Jumps the fence. I was like, he's at 400. I was like, okay. He just stands. I was like, hey, dial 400. I was like, the wind is like. Got a five mile an hour wind. I was like, I was like, okay, hold on. He's coming. <laughs> he keeps coming. And I was like, oh boy. And this is what I'm really getting like, this isn't even my tag. And I'm so nervous. I haven't had buck fever for, like that for a long time since I remember being in a tree stand in North Dakota. And I was shaking. And I mean, I was shaking. And this deer keeps walking. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's at 300 yards. He gets to 2.50, and I was like, hey, Chris, and dial, dial, dial. And um, she's like, I can't get a good rest. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, get your pack. Move your pack or something. And I'm just freaking out. And she's I was like, get that bipod up on your gun, or get up on your pack. I was like, move the pack, move the pack, move the pack. She's like, I can't. I'm like, oh, just do whatever you got to do. <laughs> and this deer just kind of knew exactly where he was going. I arranged him again and I told her her dope and she dialed and the thing, I kind of, kind of made it gave it the old eh, like that and he stopped and she hammered him right behind the shoulder and just, he took two steps and tipped right over. And I think I had enough adrenaline. I could have done a full backflip. I'm pretty sure I could have. It was, it was intense. That was one, that was one of my favorite hunts I've ever been on. So how much
1: grief do you elk- catch for not ke-
2: uh, getting that video camera on that? I still do. She brought it up uh, about <laughs> last week. She brought it up. <laughs> we were talking, actually, when a buddy came for turkey hunt. We were talking about it. And she's like, yep, Brady could have had that on video, but he forgot to bring camera. It was too cold, she goes. You don't want to bring it. as She's dressed as a marshmallow.
1: <laughs> he vest. best.
2: Oh, yeah, she's got 17 layers on. Yep, he, he could have pushed her off a cut bank and she would just when I got hurt she had the merino wall on she had the heated vest and she had I don't need th- I don't know how many layers I just know it was a lot and then she had to use my puffy coat underneath that and then her coat on top of that oh well she got it done though I'm gonna say whatever it takes to get it done she did yep so I was pretty I was super pumped and then the pack out. She carried the horns. I just caped it all out and she carried the horns. I loaded everything up. I was like, you know what? I got enough adrenaline. This way is not isn't gonna affect me one bit. So I carried everything, loaded it all in my pack and I carried it all back. So that was that was a lot of fun. And then uh Luke, Wyoming elk fever came from Wyoming. And uh Who's that? We uh <laughs> i don't know just some joe blow i met one day um yeah we we put 300 inches of whitetail horn on the ground in uh like 32 hours
0: <laughs>
2: and we weren't coming and that's yeah i don't want to that i don't want to sound arrogant or anything but that it was just we wanted to, we were looking to, you know, shoot some mature deer. And I wanted, I wanted him to have a good time as the first time hunting him, hunting in South Dakota for him. And it was a lot of fun.
1: There should be a rule against you two hunting together. <laughs> <laughs> More shit dies when you two hunt together than I think I've ever seen. I mean, oh, yeah. unbelievable. I don't
2: believable. Yeah. I don't know. He's, I think we got good luck together, but when we go out West, he is the, the mountain guru. He just has got, we're going this way. I just kind of fall like a puppy dog. He's, he's, it's like all them, he knows where they're at, but that's, that's been a cool experience with him too, though. I have learned, i have oh elk hunting has, since I was a little kid. It's just kind of been, love it never I didn't shoot my first bolt till see three years ago I want to cut he's like let's go to Colorado over the counter tag we went and man I could sit talk hours about that hunt that was that's my top one two three hunts ever I mean that was probably my top hunt ever I mean I can't yeah Kristen's deer kid Cooper's deer that elk I mean that yeah I think I'd be more happy with that hunt than if I shot up 370 inch bull. I mean that was just a dream come true. I wanted to elk hunt my whole life, just never took the time or I was so worried about all the research and oh it's got to be this specific unit. It's gotta be this area. It's gotta have this. It's gotta be a tag that oh it's gotta be a tag that you could it's gotta uh gotta wait 10 years for this perfect tag. He's like, let's just go hunting. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So I'm kind of, yeah, the whole numbers thing. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely for three states right now. I'm just holding out for the big tags or that's yeah, going to take me for every job. But I really like it just going out and hunting. I love it. It's that part of the going out and like last year, I elk hunted with him. I didn't have the tag. He had the tag. That was, I mean, that was, that was awesome. Just to experience it and be there, I mean, I could go this year and next year, and if I didn't have an LK, I get less, I'm just with I'm helping, packing, I mean, I'm doing whatever I can to help out and glass and whatever, yeah, just being out there, man that
1: sometimes that's enough,
2: oh, it is,
1: so you can't say that the Colorado hunt is uh top three and not uh tell me about it.
2: The Colorado hunts. So oh you know, this there might be some laughs in this one. So anyways, you know, we headed out. I came to met Luke at came to his house and we headed out and um Yeah, so we basically set up wall tent and got to a vantage point in the morning and glassed and saw elk, so we went around and hunted and And I never hunted ever this hard in my entire life this first day. I'm like, oh my God. I know I kind of just, it doesn't matter what it is. It's just like, I got to finish a job I got to do. I don't care whatever it takes. I'm going to do it. Well, I did. But by the end of that day, we put on, gosh, how many miles? I couldn't believe it. I think it was 13 miles, 13 or 14 miles maybe a 16 I can't remember it was a ton of miles and we saw elk and it the one we got up got up to one and I couldn't make it happen and then we tried to move in on them and there was a I mean a very nice bull and this was October 20th and this thing just started screaming and I'm like oh my gosh he's at 80 yards and you can't see him and I'm like oh wow, this is exciting. And then it got dark on us. So then had a two hour hike, two, three hour hike back to the truck. And then from the trailer, we just went back to camp. But on that way out, I'll never forget this on that way out. It was up and it was down and it was up and it was down. And I, the elevation that we went, I was like, holy cows. I got to about, we got about to a mile, probably a mile and a half from the truck. And it's like my legs, like you just got done doing 150 reps, doing squats. And it's like, you can't even, you almost got to put your hand on your, on your quad and push up to show you get the next step in. And he's like, you need a break. I'm like, yeah, I need something. <laughs> I didn't have no food left, had a little water and I'm starving. So I didn't, you know, I didn't think I needed a ton of food. And I get back to the truck and my wife, Vacuum sealed some brownies. She made some homemade brownies. Get back to the truck. And I rip that bag, vacuum sealed bag open so fast, and I stuff that brownie in my mouth. And I eat it. And I was like, oh man, I'm good. Get back to the wall tent. And it's like, I feel like garbage. I'm sitting there and looks like you all right? I'm like, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. Like, what's wrong? I was like, I feel horrible right now. I feel so sick. I unzip that wall tent and I walk outside and I just let loose and all the brownies came
0: up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Luke tells my wife every time we go out head out West, he's like, just don't pack any brownies. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think it was that's the next day or the day after we shot that five point bowl and, um, pack the, packed part of it out the first evening or that evening and um, had fresh back straps and tenderloins at camp and went back in and grabbed the rest the next day and but gosh the just the stuff we talked about and just the first time I ever hunted with him and just the experience on the stuff that I learned and how tough these animals are those animals I cannot believe how tough an elk is yeah, there's something else. They are, yeah, in the mountains. They, are, I mean, I've been in the mountains before, but that was that is exactly why I hit the gym and I hit the stair stepper because I was all used to be about I got to bulk up, I got to add all this muscle. Well, nah, <laughs> you really don't. You got to put more oxygen in that muscle. The more muscle you got, I mean, it's good to have muscle, but I mean, I'm just kidding, I'm trying to. I just. Try to be more fit and more cardiovascular, and spend a lot more time on the on the stair stepper and doing squats and legs. And but yeah, it'll kick your butt fast if you if you're not ready for that. Heck yeah, Well
1: that's that's kind of the uh, sounds a little cliche, but that's kind of the fun of it all is is you know pushing yourself just that much further.
2: It is, I mean, it's what we look forward to. I mean, we like beat ourselves at the gym. It's like people are like, wow, really? Vacation? You're packing out a hundred pounds of meat on your back for <laughs> seven miles. That's what vacation you find that fun. I'm like, Oh, I love it. I do it. I do it. I'm going to do it again the next year until I'm, until I can walk. Yeah, that's it. If I'm 80 years old and I can get an elk tag and I can't hardly walk, that's fine. I'm going to go to the mountains and I'm going to drive in trails. I probably won't sink and shoot an elk, but I'm going to be there. <laughs> So, um, you had a,
1: a hunt recently, right? Um, jumping off of that 2018, uh, since you're talking about, uh, Mr. Elifritz there, you guys just got back from a hunt.
2: Yeah, we, we took the kids out to Montana and did some bear hunting. And that was a lot of fun. I'm the kids loved it. It was just. That spring bear hunt is, you know, one of those I really, really enjoy this for the reason is that you go through a long winter, go through that long winter of dealing with the cold here, the wind, the just seemed like this winter went on forever. It just never stopped. It was January 280th or whatever day it was of January, it seemed like. But yeah. Um I've got sidetracked here. Yeah. So the bear hunt was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we took the kids out, set up wall tents, stayed in the wall tents. Um, Cooper's first time out bear hunting, um, Ridge's first time out bear. I think that, yeah, I think that was his first time out bear hunting. Um, just the experience of even just camping in the wall tent, sleeping on the cot, chopping firewood, getting, you know, cooking off the wall tent stove. Um, just letting them glass and watch, you know, see some bears and watch them. And just being out there. I mean, it was, I don't know. Oh, and I remember us kind of at as that, that bear hunt just, yeah, going through that long winter. And then as soon as winter's over, it's like, man, when's elk hunt getting here? When's deer season starting? Well, that bear hunt kind of fills that void. Yeah. It fills that void big time. So it's, you know, I was just at the mountains for a week and it's like, man, that felt good. I can think about that and think about that and pretty soon it's going to be like, Oh, I guess Elkin's going to be here pretty soon. And so, yeah, that's why I like it. It really splits it up really, really good. So I can kind of don't have to wait so long to get back out to the mountains. But that was, that was a great hunt. We shot both our, um, both of the bears the same day. Well, I shot mine in the morning, he shot his in the in the evening and Man, it was it was some rugged, steep country.
1: I saw those, <clears throat> excuse me, I saw the videos. Um, and it, I mean, it was, it had to be, the one hill I saw you guys on had to be every bit of 55% grade. I mean, it was just.
2: That one where, like, where Luke shot his, holy buckets. it's your knees, like, you had to put your hands out to go up it. I mean, and your knees were, oh, it was, it was, it was very, it was steep stuff, but yeah. And then throw some, throw bear on your back and then help the kids off. Yeah, I was going to say two little slip kids. Slipping and sliding and yeah. But that goes right back
1: to my point, man, where you guys should not be allowed to hunt together. Cause that was what the second day. <laughs> yeah. Right. So second day you guys drive for you two States away. Luke is a stayed away, and uh yeah, second day you guys go over there and and uh nail bears the same day
2: yeah, that we the first night out we actually sat that first evening we set up camp and went out, and we were driving in and actually set up camp we are gonna head out and gonna go park the truck and start, and i we' seen one, and he was just, wasn't very far couple hundred hundred yards and yeah that one didn't work out he just disappeared but then we we found we found um a saw with cubs uh a chocolate and that was really cool to see but obviously you can't hunt you can't shoot a cow or a cow a saw with cubs so we just kind of watched it enjoyed that and uh luke's like yep we got come we're gonna come back here in the morning and yeah, he was right. That's where that black bear is eye shot. About a quarter mile. Beautiful
1: bear, man. I mean, looking at the pictures, that was when you picture a a black bear. I mean, he was like the epitome of of what you envision mentally. I mean, just the, the muzzle was just that, that beautiful brown and just that nice dark color. When I know. I love
2: that. It was a beautiful that, bear. That brown is like I got, was it two years ago I went out? I can't remember. It was two or three years ago. I went out to Montana. I get, um, on a bear hunt, a spring bear hunt and shot one. And it was pitch black. The face was pitch black and I got the, um, like a three quarter mount above my fireplace and the paws on a rock and stuff like that. I really like that, but I really like this one a lot better. That Brown on the face and stuff. And, and, uh, like Luke and I were talking on the way out or after we're setting up tent and talking about how he wants one with a big white star and uh so after i shot mine we get up to it and looking at it and we try to it it was a big bear and he lifts the one leg up and he's like you shot my bear (laughs) big old white star on it he's like that's my bear (laughs) i was like ah maybe you should have shot this one then (laughs) i would have waited but oh well it was it was super it was still super cool but so yeah he's at the getting tanned right now i do am starting to run out of wall space i don't know what to do I told my wife she's gonna have to move the china hutch in the garage here pretty soon
1: so uh state to state man i mean it, that sounds pretty constant right have tags will travel it's just chasing opportunity for you guys. I mean, you know, if you, if you have the time and everything, you're just getting after whatever opportunity and most of it's OTC,
2: right? Yeah. Um, the only OTC really I've been on has been Colorado. Um, um, yeah, I see like a lot of them States kinda, I wanted to hunt other States and then like, you know, that, that guy we've been talking about once in a while, that Luke guy, He kind of helped me along with some of them other Western states on applying and what to, you know, look for and stuff. So we kind of just been, uh, you know, if he puts in for unit, I might put him for the same unit. You know, we're not, no way we're probably ever going to draw the same time. Chances are very slim, but like Nevada, I'm going to be holding out for till I draw like a very, very good unit, probably because once you've drawn a bat, you got to wait nine years to put back in. So that'll be a once in a lifetime hunt. The Utah hunt will be probably once in a lifetime for me. Um, Arizona, I might be able to hunt that a couple of times. Colorado, that's OTC. Plus I'm getting points for that. Deer and elk and sheep. Um, Wyoming, that's, I drew my Wyoming elk tag this year. Deer in Antelope, I just did points this year. And then South Dakota, Montana, I'll probably put it for outtake again next year. I didn't do it this year. But, but yeah, I mean, and I thought about Idaho for over the counter, but I got so many into so many, so many different states right now. I'm just, um, I'm just kind of figuring out when I'm going to draw and trying to figure that out and then trying to, work it with my wife so it always seems like we were talking if I'm on an elk hunt she has a hunt it's like they always go on at the same time so I'm trying to work it in so so she can have a western hunt too and I can maybe take a year off or maybe not go on two hunts or three hunts a west a year whatever but so then plus yeah I'm also going on a mountain goat hunting alaska here in a couple of years so i'm super pumped about that that's kinda can um that'll be a, a lot of vacation time spent on that hunt so so yeah so alaska is i've been there once and i want to go back really bad
1: yeah so we kind of talked about that man so i've been uh itching for that caribou um so i started looking at everything and uh that one uh the one email you sent me, I was checking them out, so I'm gonna reach out to them and see what they have to offer, and you know how that goes down.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, they're a th- pretty great company. I think I haven't hunted with them. I've heard them a lot of great reviews from, the, from them or from other people. After that hunt I had up there, I did multiple hours of research, and that's the hard part, that, right?
1: I'm and. So, so everybody knows the backstory is I'm looking for uh, an outfitter, basically, to do a either a drop, you know, drop camp or <coughs> basically fly in, drop you off at one of their camps, or just you know, full on fly in, drop you off DIY. And uh, Brady reached out and said, "Hey, I was up there. I used you know X, Y, Z, and it was horrible."
2: <laughs>
1: oh. Yeah. So yeah, there's the backstory on that one. So I got, I got lucky cause I was, I was literally a day off of pulling the trigger.
2: Yeah, that's, that's the tough thing. You'd think people that are in that hunting industry or just, you all know, in the guide stuff that there would, um, they would be, and I'm not saying it was a horrible, horrible hunt. The logistics were duh, were, crap um I didn't do my research enough that's a thing and I basically got dropped and in, into a camp that was there for two weeks and the caribou just they just dropped continue to drop people off in the same spot and I talked to multiple people that when I was flying when we landed we talked to them they didn't see any caribou and then even when I got out talked to a few different groups they didn't see caribou and they're all uh, I mean, it was still it was a great experience. There, I went there with my dad, and I had a great time. I mean, it was by no means it sucked. It was it was it was a great experience. I'll say that it was an expensive camping trip. But, I was
1: going to say, well, that's the problem uh, with
2: it. Uh, I know it's, and that's, but yeah. I mean, I we seen a cow calf, and I seen wolves. I have seen grizzly bears. I seen moose. But I mean they tell you it's a 95% success rate on this people I talked to. And then I did some more research and talked to and heard a bunch of rumors and I contacted them and contacted some other people. And and then once I started hearing the real stories and I was really nervous about it and I tried to back out of it, get my money back. And so I just went with it and it is what it is. Oh, I'm going to go back eventually to eventually shoot a caribou, but but I did talk to a guy that used to you know, we actually met in Anchorage on our way back and he worked for the game and fish and he took care of all like people to make sure their guy license are up to date and their pilot license. I think and all that say, if someone had a hunt where they, the outfitter didn't show up, stuff like that. He goes through all that. And I met him after, (laughs) after that was all done. And you'd be surprised. He goes, you have to be super careful. I mean, not saying just Alaska, but even any other States, but he said that there's a lot of times where he did a case that same year that I was up there the year before. I can't remember that a guy spent 30,000, I think it was 30 or $35,000. It was on a doll sheep hunt with a, I think a caribou or bear combination or something like that. He spent 30 plus thousand and, um, hired, you know, the guy to drop him off to this cabin or this place they were meeting. The outfitter never showed up and he was out 35,000 and had the, call someone to come pick him up and then yeah he never even hunted. And I don't I mean I don't even know how I'd take that. I don't even I don't I, I feel awful for the guy.
1: Yeah, I do too, but I know how I would take it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't want uh, to find that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: I mean 30,000 bucks, man. That, that's not a a small That's a
2: full <laughs> a full lifetime of spending for guys some people to do a hunt once in a lifetime hunt. I mean it all depends on what's people's income. I mean, not people can go on a $30,000 hunt every three, four years, or I can't, I can't afford a $30,000 hunt. Hell no. But I mean, so you kind of almost feel bad for those people that end up like that. I mean, poor guy. And I mean, I,
1: I mean, you could do the research, right? But you know, you start itching for something and a guy sells you a dream. That's, that's really what he, you know, what he sold him. I know. It's horrible, man.
2: Yeah, that's, yeah.
1: You know, if a guy is able that's to put death. away. Oh, sorry about that. No, go ahead. I was going to say, if a guy is, is able to put away five grand, you know, a year um, for six years, you know, I mean, that's, that's a task for a lot of folks, right? I mean, who knows that's... what that gentleman went through to get there uh, and then have somebody take it. Oh. <sighs>
2: I'm sure there was, is, and I was talking to Bob about that too. Obviously, he was trying to, you know, go to court and everything, but still, I mean, huh. I don't know how, I didn't even, I haven't talked to him for a while. But I don't know how it turned out or what, but it's still just the fact you got to, then you got to go to court and get a lawyer or deal with all that. It's like, yeah, it's sad that people got to be like that. Heck yeah.
1: I mean, and I've said it before, right? Especially because that guy is probably, or at least started out as a hunter. You know what I mean? He knows what it takes. He got, you know, he knows how, you know, like we said, folks are saving up to do those, you know, once in a lifetime hunts.
2: Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. So a, that's and a if, bad deal. And if he did it that time, you know, he's done something similar, probably not that big to other, for, for other people. I mean, I doubt if that was just first little time he's done that. Whether it was like, you know, a small caribou hunt or, uh, you know, if it was just a caribou drop or whatever it was, I'm sure he, it wasn't his first little thing he's screwed someone on.
1: But Dear, yeah, got to do the homework, though.
2: Oh, that's huge. I learned that the hard way, but oh, well, you look at it, and you, you know, and that's
1: one of the things for me, right, as I'm looking at it and I'm going, OK, I know I know nothing about Alaska. Right, so to get with someone to have them put you in a camp that's you know supposed to be in the migration path um plus or minus um and then just uh yeah be dropped out and left you know left with nothing even with what I'm yeah. looking at right, the one I was looking at is thirty seven hundred bucks, um yep, but even with that to go and. You know, <laughs> if somebody did that for my 3,700 bucks, man, I would treat it like the 30 grand. You work hard for your money. You know. going to take it like exactly. somebody to, you know, no way, man.
2: Even if it was a thousand bucks, he just took a thousand dollars from Yeah. Me. Yeah. I mean, 500 bucks. Yeah. I mean, money is money. You earn that. I mean.
1: Work your butt but off. But
2: that's uh, another big thing to anyone else too out there listening. Um is for those hunts is that you know some of these hunts work awesome for people like my hunt was a seven day hunt, one day travel, one day pickup or one day was in the field, one day was for pickup. you had five days of hunting and after that, you're done hunting. So if you get if the weather's bad and you can't get flown in that day, you're supposed to go in and you gotta wait it's another day or two days. You only get two or three days to hunt and then your schedule get picked up that day so you could only have a two day hunt. Or a one-day hunt. That's I seen one crew do that. They hunted, I think, for two days, and that was it. So for those drop hunts, I would recommend like that that company that I emailed to you. I talked to them too, and they said, um, you know, you pick the days. You want to stay there for ten days? You call us on satellite phone, and we'll pick you up. We'll arrange it. We might not be able to pick you up that exact same day you call, or whatever. We'll get you in the schedule, so we'll pick you up. So if I ever went back, I would do that. I would be like, I'm hunting for seven days, eight days till I get my caribou. And another thing too is they say if you don't find the caribou or the car, we're not in the migration, they said that they would move you, which is huge. I mean, that's that's a that's I mean, that takes a lot of extra work for them to move you. And
1: that's repeat business
2: though. And and that's a thing, and that's what they told me too. They say, you might not be able to get in this first year or whatever that's because we got so many repeat customers. Well, when you see that there's, I mean, I talked to another company too that did it and they say, um, you probably have about a 10% chance of getting in because they give all the repeat customers first opportunity to book. So they'll have 75% of the people that book with them. Again, the following year be customers they've had some from last year, the year before five, six years ago so that's also good that's kind of like hey they must be good if they're getting them but
1: well that drives the price up too is the only downside of that <laughs> no. right
2: yeah they were definitely higher
1: <laughs> supply and demand yeah that uh and that's the one i mean but what do you do right you you take the chance on uh i don't want to call it lower end but a you know yep, a lower cost hunt you, you're kind of taking the chance of of you know, not having that service or having to be on, you know, their set days cause they got that camp book for, you know, the next seven days after you. Right.
2: Yeah. And the guy that I, I, that I'm booking with to go on that goat hunt, I have a, a buddy that's hunted with him three separate times. So, so he's, so I'm hundred percent confident in that he's a, Great outfitter, and I've heard from other people. He's a great outfitter. He's an ass. He's even a better hunter. So I, I mean, he shot a, this guy that i friends with. He shot a couple moat goats. um Guess what else? I know he shot a dull sheep. I don't know if he shot it with him or not, but he's been up to Alaska multiple times, moose hunt bear hunts, and I kind of got connected with him on that, and that's who I decided to go with. Just because you have someone, a friend of yours, that has hunted with this guy two, three times, and great pilot and great hunter. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's especially when they're, especially when they get to be such good friends. I mean, they talk all the time. So it's like, well, it's hard not to when, you know, you know, so I'm going to take a bunch of time of work off and I'm going up there. And like I said, I ain't coming back till I got a month on the ground. Yeah. You were saying, uh,
1: if you had to take a month off, you're taking a month.
2: Well, I'm going to tell work. Yeah, I'm telling work. I'm, I'm taking the month off of October. I said, I won't up. I said, I'm off. I said, whether it takes me, I'm back in 10 days, I'll be back in 10 days or if I'm gone for 30 or 28. I am not going up to Alaska this time and not getting a own goat. And they, that area we're going, there's a lot of goats. And he said, the toughest part is just getting in there. He goes, the weather, he goes, that's a, one of the toughest parts to deal with is the weather. He goes once you get in there the 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 goat hunts. I mean, he goes. There's a pl- There's a lot of goats. I mean, you're going to see goats. You're very very high success rate. You're going to shoot a goat.
1: Well, you're going. So you're going up there with Luke too, though, right? There goes that damn. I
2: think I think that's our plan.
1: <laughs> there goes that damn. Yeah. So we're again. definitely
2: they're definitely going to be two dead there's,
1: goats. I was going to say there. There's two dead goats right there.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah. We ain't coming home without no goats. I know that. (laughs) What, uh, if you
1: don't mind me asking or putting it out there. So what does a goat hunt run up in Alaska?
2: Uh, this, I got a pretty, I mean, the goat hunts that I've checked into, they're about 15,000 for the goat hunt. Um, this one I got for cheaper, about 10,000. Um, that's, that doesn't include airfare that don't, I mean, that's, That doesn't include, that's just for the hunts. So then you'll have to buy the tag and you'll have to buy, you know, you'll have some hotel stays probably. Um, You'll have to pay to get from like, say, um, the airport on a small little plane. I can't remember that small town we fly into, but that's, so, it. I mean, so yeah, it's going to, it's going to be expensive. And then of course I told my wife, I said, your china hutch is probably definitely going to have to go in the garage because I'm getting a full body mount. And that's going to be another 5000 So I'm going to have a lot of money at this time, but it's going to be a once in a lifetime.
1: On a bigger note, you're going to have a fight on your hands throwing that china hutch in the uh,
2: garage here, bud. Well, I'm going to have to tell her. I said, she's got two animals that texture her me. I said, those might just have to go in the garage if I can't get my mount going in here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, I man. Don't I don't think know. In that battle, I shouldn't. I shouldn't even argue with her. She lets me put all my mounts wherever I want. I got a. I got a, 160 inch, meal deer European mount above our head headboard, <laughs> in our bedroom. So, I shouldn't be complaining that if her mounts can stay in the house or not. I'm just pretty fortunate that she like doesn't care where the mounts are, as long as she can hang hers up, which that's even cooler. Um so I'm gonna bring it up. <laughs> I know what you're gonna <laughs> I knew it.
1: So uh when I talked to Kristen, man, she was uh she let us in on a little bit of uh the her archery turkey, man. So you know you guys are archery hunting, you're rifle hunting. Um, but she has uh she has one up on you, man. What's the what's the deal with that?
2: Oh, I guess he gets lucky. He gets lucky on the trigger once in a while, pulls it when a crosshairs hit the target, you mean, at like 1,100 or 1,200 yards. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was, I'm guessing if I remember that right, and then when I listened to her podcast, she had to, what was it? We went to the shooting schoolers, the gunsmith that's built most, pretty much all my rifles, um, he put on a long-range shooting school, and so we went to it, and I took Chris into it. and. One of the the targets was at was 1100 or something, or 1090 or 1190. I can't remember what exactly what it was, but you couldn't use a rangefinder; you had to use your reticle and your scope. So reticle range finding, and you and I, um, I don't remember. If she had meal dots or the hash marks, but basically, if you know the the uh, size of your target, and then you can use your meals or your MOA hash marks in there you can calculate the distance. So she used, I don't remember two mil dots or two and a half or 2.75 mil dots. And then you, I can't even remember the equation. You take that into, it's like a 14 inch plate or 12 inch plate. It was, and you get your yardage. So she shoots. She, I was like, okay, we're, you know, we had spotters there. They're watching and she shot. And I'm pretty sure she hit it her first shot. I'm like, Oh, well, okay. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't really say the yardage or she, it's like, she said, we were talking a couple different yardages and um, she's like, just looked at her drop chart and she's like, I'm going to this one. And so then I went, I was like, wow, whatever. It's going to be, she shit hit. I'm going to hit it. No problem. That's not a, so I pull out my scope and I, you know, squared up in my um on the hash marks in my scope or mill dots. I don't remember what scope I had on and I was like, okay, I think I range, I think I ranged it through my scope. I think it was like nine hundred and eighty yards. Shot. Didn't hear the ring back and someone's like, You're about six feet, eight feet in front of it. I'm like, What? No. And I shot again, dirt again. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I checked to win. Uh winds wasn't very really windy at all. I was like, yeah, hey, winds right. I shot again. I missed again. I think it took me four four times or something or five times to hit it. And I'm like, Huh. Huh. Okay. Good job, Kristen, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so so
1: Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. So she had some other bragging rights on you too with uh with the uh, archery.
2: Uh what was that no the
1: archery turkey
2: Oh yeah Yeah she can Yeah she killed turkeys before I ever did and with her bow and I've never shot one with my bow She shot three turk no I think I shot two turkeys and she shot two or three or four I don't remember what it is But we should ask her what happened this weekend
1: Yeah, I kind of saw some of that, man. Even at the range. (laughs) She was on it at the range.
2: Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, the turkeys were there too. And it was, that's public ground. You can hunt that too. And she was decked out in her white, blaze white camo and her black pants. So I was like, I don't think we're going to get close, but let's try it anyways. But I was, yeah, I think. I was kinda of oh, pulling. Really?
1: I was kind of pulling for, but at the same time, I'm like, no, you can't get another one. You can't get another one. <laughs> <laughs> Brady's got an arrow one.
2: Yeah, I didn't even I had a turkey one turkey tag this year, but it was in a county that I didn't even go to, so I didn't even really hunt. It got they got there was a blizzard down there at the time we were supposed to go, so we didn't even go. They got like two foot of snow and every single interstate was shut down and we we're supposed to go with a bunch of people and meet them down there and that never happened. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I should bring this up about Kristen. Too late. You, you've,
1: you started down that road. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: You're going to have to deal yeah. with it either way, man.
2: So I'm sitting, you know, and all I can think about is when she's out in the blind, did she get a turkey? She's seeing them. Are they there? That's all you think about. And she says, oh, they're there. They're at 80 yards bedded and they won't respond to calls. Nothing. And, uh, pretty soon I get a text message of a picture. I'm like, oh yeah, turkey down. (laughs) And I, uh, open it up and i'm like hmm that's not a turkey that's a broadhead going through the side of our blind <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like she's like and i am so pissed i'm like Ooh. she's like i had a turkey at 20 yards and the ground blind was kind of out of a little bit of an angle down sl- downhill and she didn't have her broad head out past the window and shot right through the blind. <laughs> She's gonna be probably mad I brought that up, but that a- had to get back at her somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was about—I didn't want to say it. I did not want to say it, but I was gonna say, man, there's a little payback.
2: But I had to tell her. I said, you know what, honey? If I told you all the stuff that I've done when I'm out hunting and I screwed up. Boy, I don't want to tell you all that because then you'll bring it up to me all the time. So, all I said was, Hey, it's okay. I said, You learn from your mistakes. You'll get one. No big deal. And, well, she was frustrated, but I've done a lot of dumb things. I've missed deer because I forgot to dial my scope. My friend never forgot to dial it back down at the range, and I'm at 600 yards and I miss a deer at a hundred yards. I'm like, what's the world? How can I do that? Just stupid little stuff like that. Or one time Kristen had a hundred and I mean, very, very, very nice meal de- or white tail. Um, few years back and we watched these deer all day long. They went from public to private and there was two monster meal deers in there. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, we didn't have a tag for that. So we just watched them and video it. I I mean, the one guy shot it was a 185-inch muley. Um, the landowner shot it. He goes to our church, saw it. Beautiful deer. And there was two whitetails in there and one, one oh, man, they were nice. And we watched them bed on the private. We sat there six, seven hours. Evening, they jumped the fence private. They came to the public. And it was, I was like, oh, geez, perfect. This chip shot for her. So I ranged it at like 300 yards. and. um I pull my drop chart up and I was like, Hey, she dialed. And, and I'm like, you missed. She's like, I know. I was like, well, shoot again. She shoots again. And I'm like, Holy cows. It looks like, I swear I can see your bold trace going like way over top. his back. And I'm like, I'm looking at my drop chart. and I'm like, I don't know. Are you pulling the trigger that bad? And now she's, then she's really getting frustrated at me. She's like,
0: no, I'm not.
2: And this deer starting to walk away and it's like, and then of course it got down and this and it was gone. And I was like, I have no idea what was wrong. No clue. I was like, I ranged it multiple times and ranged it multiple times. I'm like, okay, he could win 25 more yards. Adjusted her scope a little bit. Two weeks later, I'm laying on the bed. She's in the shower and I'm looking at my drop chart on my phone I had the wrong inputs in there instead of like MOA and Mills, or it was uh, some other setting. Yeah. And she was shooting like four and a half feet over top of his back, five feet. I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh. She's like, really? I was like, so she got out of the shower. And I was like, I know why you missed that deer. She's like, what? Why? I was like, I'm sorry. It was my <laughs> fault. <laughs> so then I had to explain that to her. But i make mistakes all the time too everyone does but learn from them that's it man so it's
1: you don't make those again
2: yeah yeah i know they're things yeah i always got in the back of your head i get ocd about some of that stuff it's like okay did i do that then it's taking me forever okay did i check that did i check this is this good (laughs) Yeah, drive you crazy sometimes i know especially my guns oh my gosh i'm so anal about them it's bad. So, yeah, let's get it. Got, you're,
1: you're kind of a gear junkie, too, man. Why don't you, uh, let's hear a little bit about those uh those rifles you got.
2: Um, For the longest time, I built and sold and built and sold and built. And I probably, I don't know, 10, 12, 14 rifles I built and sold because Luke will make fun of me forever because he's like, oh, yeah, you bought a new rifle? Yeah, don't surprise me. What, you sell your other one? Yep. What, what was wrong with that one? I didn't like it. Oh, don't surprise me. And I'll call him about. Should I get ah, what do you think about this caliber? You think, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's great caliber. Blah blah. I'll start talking, and pretty soon it's Hey, I did uh did a rifle this way. I sold that other I sold those other two and got this. He's like, hmm, I thought you were keeping that. Now nah, I changed my mind. Don't surprise me, he goes. <laughs> I've bought and sold so many custom rifles and scopes in for the longest time. Like even clothing and sleeping bags, and boots, and I've spent thousands of dollars on gear. Where my wife was like, "You promised you weren't going to spend any more money on gear this next year." Eight hundred, nine hundred dollars later, it's like, "Well, same promises dropped." <laughs> it's just constant. Wow, I finally am getting better at that. It's I still don't have as much gear as her shoes, though.
1: But it's all man, it is hard not I I fall into the same trap, man. I'm not gonna even I'm not gonna even look mine mine's not gonna listen to this podcast. I got a bow behind me that's hidden <laughs> by my weight rack underneath a uh, underneath a uh, packing blanket because I just had to have a new one. <laughs> so, <laughs> And I was shooting it in the backyard and she's like, is that a new bow? And I'm like, no, she goes, I don't remember the, uh, the limbs being camo. And I'm like, oh yeah. So I pulled out a picture of last year and I'm like, see, (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) I'm telling on myself right now. And, uh, I set myself up that way. I was like, I really want this bow, but it has to be close to the same color.
2: (laughs) right?" (laughs)
1: And uh, yeah, it's just so hard not to, man. I just get, it's, it's so easy for me to get suckered into buying something so easy. I don't know what it is and I'm well, trying to the, be better. I just
2: can't find the restraint. I know. And the technology and the new stuff that that's what I did. I mean, the new rangefinders and the binoculars and the spotting scopes. And then the new dish, I mean, I've spent like probably $20,000, you know, when I like go 10 years back when I shoot in F class, I would every year I'd buy two or three different scopes and sell them. I mean, I was spending $3,000, $3,200 on scopes for one. And I'm like, I got to a point where I was like, this is, I'd only did two, three matches a year. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't need a $3,500 scope for hunting. I don't want that. So I just went back to the, I mean, (laughs) 2000 (laughs) bucks. Um, so I downgraded a little bit. So, but I don't know. I'm not. I love gear, but I like. I'm a huge fan of quality gear that lasts. And I, how like, would when you it comes a rifle?
1: How would you know if it lasts, man? If you're flipping them that fast? Yeah, you're <laughs> right. I guess.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I know that's the thing. I buy and sell and buy and sell and buy and sell and. But yeah, but I do like for scopes on guns. I got to be 100 percent confident in them for them tracking back to zero and going from seven to eight to nine back to 200 to a hundred and they got to track right back to zero every time if they don't it's gone so yeah and i've had a couple scopes that have been phenomenal and i've had some other higher end brands that i've sent back two three well two times that i just haven't used the stuff i just I'm not saying it's it's no good it's just it's mechanical stuff i mean every. Mechanical stuff will fail, you know, whether it's 20, 30 years, but they just do. But mechanic, yeah, that's the thing. You just, that's why I always double check everything, make sure it's good. But when you got confidence in something, I mean, like that bear I shot this year, I mean, I knew that when I shot that bear, that bear was going to die because I practiced well past that distance that I shot him at. So I knew when I was in a shoot that that bullet was going to hit us mark. So, and yeah, I mean, I've gear. And then especially when you head out to the mountains, I mean, you're, the weather changes and you don't have quality gear. I mean, that's you getting yourself into a life threatening situation. I mean, you don't have gear that can dry out or keep you warm when it's wet or protect the elements from you. I mean, you get stranded out there. You don't have, you know, rain gear to keep keep you dry, or or like say uh a tarp to put up if it's raining out, it's snowing out, and you got to spend the night and you can't get back to camp, or you get lost, or I mean, gear is expensive, but I've always been to that. Buy once, cry once. Spend the money. Buy good gear. Yeah, buy once, cry once. I buy once and then sell and buy once again. You know? <laughs> but I've been really good lately. I've people probably listen to this and be like yeah right but i haven't really sold a lot of stuff lately i have been sticking to the same stuff because i'm trying to go on more hunts now and put my money towards that because i do have a ton of good quality gear i just there's a time where i need to just just put that money i want to start putting more of that money into the adventure yeah
1: yeah that's what uh that's what's actually holding me back. I I don't know. The bow. I didn't need to buy it, man. I fell in love with it. I shouldn't have shot it. I knew I shouldn't have picked it. Up. <laughs> I but, know. But uh, that's the same thing that's kind of kept me on that path, right? Is is, you know, chasing all the out-of-state hunts. Yeah. You have all that gear, man, and if you're not uh if you're not able to go use it cuz you didn't spend the money on the gear, then what's the point? You got all that pretty good gear and rubbermaid containers.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. I know I just yeah I love I mean the amount of money that I have that you can spend on something like f- for example when I went to Alaska I had a pack that I bought not top tier pack still decent amount boy I after that trip I sold it I it didn't carry weight and I didn't even have was even packing all a caribou it the load lifters are weren't really load lifters. It was just uncomfortable. I spent three hundred and I think fifty seventy three hundred seventy five dollars on a a goose down with a dry down bag. Boy, you swear I would have. I bought a. Uh, I didn't even bring a sleeping bag. I froze in that thing. Zero degrees, and it got down to twenty degrees that night. And I thought I was gonna die. And I was so cold. Yeah, those ratings, man. I'm.
1: I I don't know, I think it was last year. I looked at how they do the ratings, and yeah, that's. Uh...
2: Stone Glacier came out with a new bag, and they they have a good article on um on the ratings on how they rate them, and like the EN ratings on this, the rating they put it is um some of those ratings that people put on Steven bag, it's like a zero degree rating, but that's when you're basically before you're in hypothermia mode. They're good for that i mean you really got to pay attention on how they rate their bags i don't think there's like any standard that they have to go by i don't think but stone glacier just came out with that new bag and they have a they have a really good article on how um on how these bags are rated and so it gives you a really good idea on what to look for when looking for different bags or different temperature ratings and what to know so if you're going to be Hunting in 20 degree weather, you might not want a 20 degree bag. You might want to drop down to a zero degree bag because it's really 20 degrees is you're going to be kind of that point where you're not frozen death, but you're, you know, shivering. kind right. of. Yeah. You're not going to, stay. but so that's, that's a, that's a huge misleading. I think on a lot of that on some of that stuff. Oh, I at least I've noticed that on um, at least that one bag I bought. Yeah.
1: I've noticed it too, but I, and that's the problem, right? I mean, uh, we kind of get ourselves in trouble, I think, to a point, right? You spend that money, um, and like you were saying with the pack, and I've done the same thing with packs. Um, is is you don't really? It's not available to to kind of test drive, right? You go, you guys just bought a Tundra. You didn't walk down and say, "Hand me that Tundra." Um, you went, you drove right. it. You know what I mean? And and that's one of the mm-hmm. issues that I have is is not being able to test drive it, man. Because you go spend you know six seven hundred dollars on a pack. And it may be a good pack, but it doesn't fit you right. Um, It doesn't carry well on you. That's, you know, it's five, 600 bucks out the window, you know? And then if you're, if you're flipping it, you know, what are you going to get? Maybe if you're lucky, 75, 80% of your money. Yeah. it's a rough one, man.
2: I've, yeah, I've been through a few different packs. I started off, well, I'm not going to, the first pack I had, I'm not even going to say the name. I a lot. It's a great. It's a probably a good pack for your average hunter. It's it's a lot of people use them. I just me personally it didn't work for me. I didn't like the way it carried weight. It just it hurt my shoulders. It wasn't and maybe it it probably didn't fit me right either. So then from there I went to Kafaru. I wore that for two years. Packed up my first elk on that. Perfect. Worked awesome. I sold that and I was going to get another. Then one of the new bags that came out in a different frame. Wow! Then I actually tried an Exo. Tried that for two years. Great pack, comfortable. Um, it just didn't carry the weight like that the Kafaro did. So I was like, ah, I went back to Kafaro. Just got a brand new Kefaro pack here in the mail. I don't know before I went on the bear hunt. I love that thing. I absolutely love that thing. And but you're paying you're paying for it. The nice thing is that everything. Is custom fit. I mean, you got you gave your measurements on torso length and everything. I mean, they're made. They're specifically can be custom design. Straps can be different. They can cut the straps different. The waist belt. They can. It's amazing the adjustments they can make on them. And um, the customer service I've had with them is phenomenal. I just actually ordered a before we do this backcountry elk hunt next year. I just ordered a the sawtooth teepee and then that titanium stove so that because we used one last year we used a tp and a stove last year And that was luke and i were talking we we're never we would never go back out there without one having that heat when you're out in them seven miles from a trailhead and that whole package that when i got i weighed seven pounds that's the tp and the stove together wow, that's worth the weight yeah, I mean it's they're definitely expensive, but that's the stuff. I mean, will make could make or break your your trip. I mean, and it's it is a convenience. You spend more money for stuff that's nicer, more convenient, but yeah, but that's,
1: you spend that money, and that's I I always look at it, or I, maybe it's a justification. But if I if I go spend you know a thousand bucks. And say I, you know, run something for five years or 10 years. What I do is I break it down. Right. So, uh, you know, that thousand bucks, man, over, you know, 10 years, it's a hundred dollars, big deal, right? hundred dollars a year. That's how, at least for me, like I said, it might be more of a justification, um, than anything, but, you know, breaking those dollars down like that, man, it just, uh, it makes sense. Right. I mean, you're, you're paying for quality, um, and, it, and it's going to bring value out there. I mean, that's, it's a big deal, man. And then, you know, to buy one of those packs that's not carrying ride right, or you get a shelter that uh, isn't doing what it's, you know, supposed to do. If it's raining, it's leaking. I mean, that's, you know, none of that stuff. Uh, none of that stuff is uh bueno out there, man. When that gear goes.
2: Yeah. That's, and yeah, that's a big thing for me is quality gear. And i but there's so much good gear out there too, though. I mean, there is a lot of great companies out there with a lot of, I mean, you could tell, man, you could, I mean, I, I spent hours looking at gear. It's like, man, the technology they got into the stuff and the sleeping bags and the tents and like that stove. I mean, who'd think you could take a, a tent, a teepee tent that's, And a stove, seven pounds. I mean, yeah, I'll pack that, split that up with two guys. I'll take that every time. But yeah, that's, so yeah, I actually did buy a Wiggy's bag, a negative 20 blow Wiggy's bag because I froze my butt off in Alaska that one time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try one of these people talked about these wiggy bags. I brought a negative 20 blow wiggy bag. I took it in the back country last year. It's a sinking tank. That thing's heavy, but I stayed really warm and we had llamas. So the llamas carried it, Nice. <laughs> but I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do about a bag this year. We're going to try to cut thing, cut some weight this year. And, but I don't know what I'm going to do about a bag yet. I looked at Western Mountaineering and stuff, but, man hoofta some spendy stuff too but yeah you pay for lightweight quality 900 fill goose stone i mean you're paying for it's expensive stuff but it's good it's all what a guy wants to spend yeah
1: well i'm in a position so my son he uh hit me up when i got back from wyoming last year and he's like hey i want in on elk so you know we're all in got his bow and everything so all my outside of this uh thing i snuck in the house here um all my expenditures are going to be on on him this year right which is i'm totally fine with i'm not complaining right it's actually helping me out right because i'm actually use <laughs> use some of the stuff that's not uh doesn't have some years on it man uh, right
2: this is our son's new bow, honey <laughs>
1: yeah no no yeah that one uh that one's in plain sight <laughs> I actually was oh. going to, I was going to actually do that. So yeah, I bought two bows, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's what I was planning to do was just say, okay, you know, here's this one and I'm going to get this one. Well, um, the draw weight was a little bit too much for him and I didn't want him struggling trying to get it. I wanted that confidence as soon as we started shooting, right. He was yep. able, once we sighted it in, I just want him to love it. Um, so I didn't want to have him on that, uh, that heavy draw weight. And I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of pulling weight off of that bow. I'd rather have it, you know, at its max. Um, so it's yep. performing the way it's designed to perform. Uh, right. So yeah, I had to buy him one that, uh,
2: Yeah, I, I'm bound to determine this year. I'm, I haven't killed a deer with my bow for a while. It's been a while. I just, I'm definitely, I'm going to kill deer this year with my bow. Just, I'm going to, I have to, I haven't done stuck my time in the archery hunting as as much as I'd like to, but I'm hoping to, I screwed up a hunt last year, that stellar meal deer, 20 yards from him, big old meal deer. And I wrecked it, screwed it. Didn't even get a shoot and he stood up at 20 yards in front of me and didn't even get a shot I don't how do you even do that How do you get to 20 yards of a big meal deer? He stands up and you don't even shoot <laughs> I, well I had a the, biggest,
1: the biggest California blacktail I've ever seen um, 20 I think he was 27 yards away from me um, had no idea I was there goes behind a bush. I get anxious right because I can't see him so I reach down and I look and I'm like all right you know he's all ruddy his neck's nasty and swollen. And I grabbed this, the first stick at my feet, and I want to rake a little bit with it just to try and get him to come around this big old bush. And as soon as I went to rake with it, man, that dry rot piece of a son of a – goes,
0: snap!
1: And he didn't look my direction. He just – he was gone. He bolted. Just gone. And I, all I could do was shake uh. my head, and I laughed at myself, and it was just like, oh, my God. I just blew that no picture, nothing. I mean, this thing was, he was beautiful, man. Beautiful and
2: blew it. And you thought about, and you thought about that every day for how long? Like a long time. Yeah. It's been like three years. (laughs) (laughs) I know it sticks. Yeah. I was, you learn,
1: right? Like you said, you, you learn. Oh man. I learned so much on that.
2: Just on that two hour. I don't know if it was two hours. I mean, hour and a half stock. I mean, if I could do it all over again, i think it would be dead, but. Well, that's the same
1: thing I think, right? Cause all I had to do, he was, he was going to feed out, right? He, the way he came up, he was feeding around. He started, you know, call it two o'clock. And when I lost him, he was probably at, you know, 11, He was just going to keep feeding. He would actually been about 17 yards if I, if I would have just sat there. And I don't usually I'm patient and I don't know, I don't know what it was that just, yeah. It just said, hey, do this dummy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't know, man.
1: But you look yeah, back that's on that hunting, stuff.
2: But Yes, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yep. That's the thing you'll remember forever. Yeah. Rushed it. It was like, oh, man. But you got to look. Yeah, because. Well, it was even cool because my son was behind me at 60 yards. And he had the video camera rolling the whole time. So I was like pumped about that. Well, he was zoomed in right on me. So when that deer got up and and looked at me and then took off, he was zoomed in on me so he couldn't even get the deer on camera. But I was, I went back and looked at it. I wanted to just look at the footage and he was zoomed in. So you can even see the deer stand up, but Oh, well it was, I watched him until we got about, way too much snow, but I know exactly where he's at. I'm going after him again this year. Yeah.
1: So what's, uh, so. what's that 2019 season looking like? Or is it still um, out to, out well, to tags at this point?
2: Well, no, it's, it started off good. Got the bear down. That's always pumped for that certain 2019 off. Good. Um, I would be happy with that. If I only shot that, to be honest with you, but, Um, no, I drew a Wyoming elk tag. I'll be heading out there end of September. And let's see, I'm drew, uh, a rifle deer tag in South Dakota, uh, archery tag, South Dakota. I'm waiting on a muzzleloader. I'm hoping to draw a South Dakota muzzleloader tag. Um, and I'm. Luke and I should both draw a reservation tag. Um, he might draw Salt so Dakota to tag too. Um and that's about, and then my wife, whatever she draws. Um, then my kids will have some deer tags. But yeah, I got that elk hunt. I'm super I can't wait to go on that. And then a lot of deer hunting around here. So you're going, is
1: that uh that wild elk tag, is that archery? Or are you going rifle?
2: That'll be rifle. Yeah, that'll be, we're going to do it. Yeah. Same thing like we did last year. We'll take llamas in again and hunt for a whatever, monster. 10 days. A monster. Yeah. Something's going to, yeah. Luke told me, he goes, yeah, I'm going to hold your bullets this time. I was like, why? Cause I said, I'm happy. I'm going to shoot a 300. I don't, Whatever, I'll shoot it. He goes, "No, you're not." He goes, "I'm holding your bullets, then."
1: <laughs> man, though, I I don't. For me, I, and maybe because I'm so, I'm I'm in my infancy with the elk. I don't see how he has that much damn restraint, man.
2: Oh well, I'm the same way with whitetails around here. There'll be a hundred and fifty inch whitetail around here, and I really, I don't want not even shoot it. I'll be like, ah, I really don't want to. Sh- you know, I'm not trying to be greedy again or anything, but it's just kind of like I've shot a lot of really nice whitetails, you know, a lot of 150s, 160 class whitetail. And I'm like, I don't, you know, if it, I don't shoot that, I don't really care. It doesn't bother me. Well, it's like we like him and I are actually talking. I mean, it's like his elk thing. I mean, he doesn't have to shoot a three hundred inch bull. He's he's shot lots of them and i'm kind of that point with deer around here i've shot a lot of you know nice 150 deer i don't but yeah and now i've only hunted elk for three four years now it's like man i see i've seen how tough it is to hunt elk and the percentage that the success rate how low it is it's like man if i see a bull i want to shoot this thing <laughs> i want to be successful but yeah i mean it's a area we're going I it's got a lot of quality mature bulls i think and so but yeah i i will i'm i'm gonna hold out for you know something deep, you know we'll see <laughs> i was gonna <laughs> we'll say, see
1: you better put some rounds in your pocket and not tell luke about it. i know i might buy no still
2: there be a sinking <laughs> rounds ready to load there but yeah no it's i can't wait i'm still i can't wait to get out there that'll be a fun hunt
1: yeah, I'm going to shoot for that uh that leftover I got rejected in Wyoming this year. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to put in for the leftover. Luke gave me some uh gave me some pointers on on a couple uh couple there, so see how I do. If yeah, not, it's
2: Yeah, for sure. If not, we'll
1: try again next year for it.
2: Is Wyoming the Pretty much, you have only is that the only state you've elk hunted? Yeah, or you
1: no, I got I've been trying to draw here in California forever. Uh, oh, I see, yeah,
2: I think that's pretty tough to drive. Oh my god,
1: I think I keep saying I have 17, I think I'll have 17 points this year.
2: Oh um, man, if
1: that tells you anything. And and you know, I've been invited to Colorado um for years, and I just never, I never pull the trigger on it, man. So last year I said, you know what? This or not last year was 2017. I said I'm not. I'm not waiting anymore. Um, I'm gonna just start going after them. And uh, man, just fell in freaking love with it. It, I yeah. I kicked myself in the butt going, why did you wait?
2: I know, didn't? That's I know. I'm this. I wanted to do it since I was a little kid, and I'm like, man, why didn't I do this earlier? But oh well, I'm gonna enjoy it. Gotta enjoy it now. And like and like it's like why Luke says just go hunt. It doesn't matter, just go hunt. And that's that kind of really he's right, just go hunt. You don't have to shoot a big bull, you don't have to shoot a monster deer, just go hunt. Just go. I mean and that kinda yeah, I mean, and I'm not just don't all after horns all the time, but I kind of, you know, around here, might look for mature deer, I guess. But
1: well, that's kind of that evolution, right? I mean, and I've talked about that before because people start going all oh, trophy, blah 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 blah. So if and what, um, and if you you know you you're you're looking for that one that makes you happy at that point, you know.
2: Right, and I mean it's like we get people that come from out of state all the time here. And, and I even catch myself saying it sometimes, gosh, he's shooting them smaller meal. They'll need to let them grow. Well, it's his hunt. It's his hunt. If that makes him happy, then shoot the deer. If that, I mean, this is his tag. This is his hunt. You know, my trophy is different for his, but you know, like some people they'll say, Oh, you just trophy hunt. Well, yeah, I kind of do, but I kind of don't. I hunt for meat. I always get extra doe tags to fill the freezer. If I don't get an elk, if, you know, I, it's kind of sucks if you don't get an elk because the freezer is like, holy cow, where's all the little miko. And so then around here, I mean, I've hunted around here long enough. I know the area really well. And so I can, you know, if I got a, a tribal tag, if I got a state tag, if I want, I mean, I can go out on a weekend or I can go in a couple of days. I can feel them tags a day or two. I mean, but then my season's over. I don't want to do that. I want to, I, I just love being out there and hunting and looking for deer. If I, I'm looking for mature deer and obviously as a mature deer though, usually the horn's bigger, the rack's bigger, the bull, you know, everything's usually bigger, but and that's what makes it more challenging to me. I don't want to just, I see a deer. I just don't want to shoot it right away. I, I, I like that. I like the chase. I like the challenge. I like looking for that deer that's, Hey, it's, this isn't the one I'm looking for. I'm I'm looking for something else. I want to spend more time on the field. I can go out this week and I can go out during the week. I can hunt this time. And that like, Unless my kids with, say my kids with, I mean, he's with me almost all the time. I go to hunt and like the one year I was, had the travel tag and I was after this big meal deer and we found him. We seen, I mean, he wasn't no monster giant. He was a nice, very nice deer. And, um, we were hunting and I was like, well, we made this big stock around this, um, crick bottom and came up and I seen him down there in this crick bottom with some does. I was like, there he is and we're belly crawling and then we're getting up and it's pretty flat. So we had to try to be somewhat stealthy. And, um, so, and these does see me and they stood up and they take off and I'm only 200 yards away. They start trotting. He starts kind of quartering away and taking off. And so I pull up and shoot him and quartering away, shot him. He went down. And, um, I was giving my son high fives. I'm like, "There, you know, of course the mule deer run away with their ears pinned back. I'm like, Holy buckets. They look big. Why he's getting, you know, he was super excited. I get it closer and I'm like, Oh my gosh. He's like, what? I was like, I didn't shoot the right deer. He's like, what do you mean? Well, that deer we were watching was farther down the Creek. This was a different one. And I'm like, uh, he's like, dad, That was probably the funnest hunt I've ever been on. I'm like, you're right. It doesn't matter the size of the horns. He loved it. And I was like, yep. So then that kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, you know what? He had an awesome time. So that's all that matters. Yep. That's it. So if he's, if we're hunting and he's like, Dad, let's get that deer. Okay. Well, let's go for it. So I always want the experience to be good for him. Not all. And then I don't want to, and I've told him before, you know, I'm, don't want him to think that we can we only have to shoot big deer with bigger axe or, you know, the horns have gotta be so big. That's not what it's all about. And sometimes, yep, I I'm after that big mature deer. That's what I'm hunting. And yes, I love hunting mature trophy deer. It just it makes it more challenging. It makes the hunt more enjoyable for me now. Cause I mean, I can go out and shoot a hundred and twenty inch whitetail or whatever. I mean it's there's plenty of them around. I just don't that's I'm just, it, yeah, I mean, and I'd rather spend my time out whether, whether I shoot one or not. If I don't shoot one, I don't care. That's, I get enough meat from extra doe tags or now that Cooper's got, he can get mentor tags and all that. We're going to get enough meat. So it's just a time that I can get out and hunt. I'm and sure. if I get that opportunity at a great deer, then I'll take it. If not, then I'm not bummed. Sometimes, yeah, I get bummed and it's like, I haven't found that deer, but hey, I'm fortunate enough I can be out hunting. I'm not, I'm healthy and I can go and do that. I don't have to worry about disabled or something like that. Yeah, I was just
1: talking to a buddy uh, right before we got on and uh, he's like, hey, what are you, what are you putting in for here? You know, talking about the home tags. And I said, man, whatever is going to extend my season. You're Right. So we have uh, there's a couple zones so we have like a zone which is pretty much I don't know I call it a third of the state. it's from it's from basically the LA Ventura County line so just north of where your sister lives all the way up towards uh, the Bay Area out to the from the coast to the five freeway um, and that season starts in like I think it starts in August and runs through early October and then the other tag goes from September I think the second weekend in September all the way to December 31st.
2: And it's just is that like, split up for archery is the first half and rifle the second half.
1: on the first tag yeah it's uh, you get five weeks of archery and then I think the last three weeks are rifle and the other tag um, the one that's from September to January is a uh, is an archery only tag so oh okay but, and and it's not a great area but it, that's what i told him i go honestly i just want a time in the woods man i don't i yeah. really don't care you know and it's either sex so if i'm not seeing nothing um you know i'll i'll arrow and doe i have no <laughs> no qualms about it man
2: yeah i i told myself too this year i said i'm just gonna stick a deer with my bow whether it's a doe whether i'm just gonna do it it's been a while since i've Harvesting with my bow, it's just time. I got to do it. Whether it's a doe, I don't care.
1: Yeah, it doesn't uh, <laughs> pull any punches with it, man. It doesn't matter to me. I could,
2: I
0: can yeah. care less.
2: <laughs> I'm out in the
1: woods. That's all it is, man.
2: Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah, that hunt back home here. It's I'm kind of just. I'll get tags, whatever. But I'm really looking forward to it, You know, Chris and hunting more. And, with her you know with our kids young we're young and she couldn't hunt a whole lot she's always at home taking care of them I'd be out hunting all the time so no hunting back home it's kind of like I love having friends come or whatever or the kids going out hunting so but don't take that western hunting away from me I want that tag I want that elk
1: tag <laughs> 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 the, yeah that uh we started going down that road a little bit man and talking about that elk experience and uh, I don't know man it, it just it sounds it sounds cliche or whatever but it's just something freaking magical about that man to watch those watch those animals move and it, with i think it's not just me i said that i was going to say the bugling really gets me but uh that bugling man i mean you could just feel it just running through you it's just insane man
2: i know i know i don't know if it's the the looks of them their size they're i don't know it's just something about them animals it's just i don't know it's every i think it's everything
1: they're just impressive
2: man i mean just yeah the,
1: the communication and the way they move i mean you you look at some of these bulls man with these racks and uh the way they move it's like man you've, you've gone down that a million times because you didn't touch a thing just quiet and they just pop up on you it's just yeah
2: yeah, and then they got a rack trying to move move the rack through the bushes and the trees, and and then they're there. Don't even see them. Yep. Yeah, that's. Yeah, so hopefully I'm going to be after this. Um, elk calling Academy, I do my uh, uh practice or the uh, demo stuff with him. Hopefully, I'll be able to halfway decent at calling elk. Yeah, so you won. So
1: you won. uh, We didn't even talk about that. Won my uh, season prep giveaway, man. So you had. uh, Yeah, that's gonna be pretty cool to sit down with Michael, get those one on ones, and get to uh, pick his brain a bit.
2: The uh, yeah, a chuckle and um, a lip ball. Those are gotta be the toughest. A lip ball, I can't do that, but. I would be amazed if I could actually do that. I don't it's I've tried it but it's I don't, there's something wrong I'm doing. I don't know what, but
1: he actually has a couple of different techniques um for doing the lip ball. So
2: Oh really? Yeah,
1: and he says, you know, a lot of people can't do this one, so try this one and vice versa. So yeah, I think uh I, I that was pretty cool for him to I, actually, I'm not going to say pretty cool. That was badass of him to contribute that to that giveaway to help me out, man. Yeah,
2: I mean that was cool. Yeah, that was very nice. Everyone that did it, that's super awesome. I mean, my, I think my son can call elk just as good as I can. Whenever I put that thing in, he puts it in. <laughs> yeah, I think he'll get. He's a lot be, of that. Oh yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'll be driving the driving the family nuts, but that's all right. Just make sure you're posting the videos. Oh, I'm gonna. <laughs> Cooper is going to be right there. He's going to be driving his sisters nuts. That's so much fun, too. As
1: a matter of fact, I think once we get off, I'm going to run in the house and upset the wife and daughter a little bit with mine. Rip some mom lip balls out. Put it in the back door and just start screaming. <laughs> Last year, she made me go. I had to come in the garage and close the door after about a month and a half it was like just you're fine just please go to the garage
2: and shut everything down
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> honey can you re-insulate the garage can you like build another uh partition there so i don't have to hear it She <laughs> was about over it or i do it early in the morning she's
1: like what in the hell are you doing <laughs> night bugling, getting ready Eddie. yep night yeah yeah it just oh yeah uh, draws you and yeah it just keeps you right like i'm excited for deer season but uh by no stretch of the imagination does it have me like uh like the elk do now
2: i think it also has something to do with the mountains just the vast the i mean it just goes forever where they live it's just like just oh man not even gonna lie when i was we went out bear hunting i got home and i actually googled jobs out there in real estate
1: (laughs) it's hard not to
2: oh man it was beautiful out there i've been doing that for years though i mean i can transfer for my my job i can transfer to montana certain areas in wyoming and but the areas where I can transfer the cost of living, my gosh. Well, like you, you and I were talking yeah. I mean, for you, it'd be probably a, it'd be it'd nothing for be me, man. Heck yeah. that's a, For me, it's like, Or you'd add another move my house to where I could go. It'd be like, add another $200,000. I'm like, Holy buckets.
1: I look at those areas and I'm like, all right, babe, when, when are we going? <laughs> Gonna be easy. Yep. It's gonna be easy living. I can work at Walmart.
2: Right, right. Welcome to Walmart. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll be the I want to be the receipt checker that everybody hates though.
2: Oh yeah. What's <laughs> <With> the highlighter?
1: <laughs> sir, sir, please. <laughs> I already got it down, man. Walmart yep. is coming. Yep. But uh cool man. So um jump into the conservation quick. You know the uh you know the drill. Um, give us your give us your take on conservation
2: uh i really think i mean getting kids i really all about getting the kids in the outdoors and um getting them involved in the different opportunities they have on like the mentor tags and say like getting them out to these uh kin kid fun shoots and um teaching them about habitat and the animals and you know putting our time into like helping the game and fish going out and counting deer and, um, um, helping them do food plots and, and, um, stuff like that and helping ranchers if they need help with some of the people that put their, 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 um, their property in walk in, and do they need help fencing? I mean, stuff like that, getting just anybody involved and because, you know, if without them in the future, boy, it's, It'd look, it'd be tough without having. I mean, it's young. You have to get the younger kid generation involved in it, or else it's gonna fail. And then us just doing our part, you know, so many people trying to take our public lands away, and and us just putting forth. I mean, yeah, you think you think sometimes. Oh, you know, there's so many people doing this and that already, but I mean, it's every little bit helps us putting our time, our efforts or just donations of the Rocky Mountain elk foundation or, you know, bugle or whatever to help, um, build water tanks or for the habitat or for the elk and deer and whatever to, for all that stuff. And that's, uh, um,
1: involving the kids in conservation, man, is not something that has been touched on much. Um, outside of explanations and things like that. But that's, that's hugely important, right. To get them, to get them on that, that path where they understand that it goes hand in hand, man, is, uh, is something that I think at least in my head is missed quite a
2: bit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, even around here, I don't see like that many young people that many people. I mean, I, when we go to the range, we never see any young kids there. Well, I mean, I'd say, you know, 30, but I mean, I wouldn't consider that. I'm talking like, I don't know, six to uh, 15 to 18, 16. I don't You mean you don't, I mean there is kids out there, but there isn't a ton of them. Right. You know, and I, you know, if I heard some kids say, Oh, I would love to go hunting," I'd be like, where's your parents? I'll talk to them. I will take you hunting. You wanna go hunting and they give them a permission, I will be your mentor. I will take you deer hunting. You wanna go hunting, shoot a deer, I'll be more than happy to take you. And not just take them hunting, but explain it to them why we do this, why you know the different things that help manage wildlife and um you know, some people get mad. Oh, they're raising the tags again around here, which they which yeah, I know sometimes it gets frustrating or whatever, but I mean, that money just goes in back into it. I think that they just, hopefully it's getting put back into, you know, to help, you know, wildlife and the whole conservation and what, like even hunters on how much money they put into, you know, like the tax on the license and all that. What is, I mean, there was someone said one time on the amount of money that hunters actually put into conservation a year like it was unreal
1: i don't know that it's it's very necessary the the one thing that always sticks me is especially when you look at tags and everything and you talk about you know people complaining about you know that the price increases um but what do we do without it Right or, or do areas close if they can't increase that that license, um or that tag cost? Do areas close because they don't have you know um anyone to maintain or wardens to patrol? So do they shut areas down and say, hey, we're you know this is closed? I mean, there's there's risk all over the place with it.
2: Right, and I I just hope they're doing the right you know when they raise it the cost of the take I hope they're you know.
1: Uh, Appropriating, right i mean that's whatever exactly yeah you hear that a lot right where you know you say hey you know or you donate to you know whatever it is bha sportsman's alliance rocky mountain Elk foundation and and a lot of the response is well i don't know where the money goes they don't actually use the money for that stuff right blah blah blah. it's a business um yeah it's yeah that's a rough one i mean you got to do the homework but we have to contribute in some way shape or form if you can't get yep. money, then give time, right? Like you said, go out there and you know help like here they, they go and do guzzlers and things of that nature, cleanups. I mean, that's all contribution.
2: Yep. Yeah, no, that's that's all part of it. I mean I mean if some hunters would just do their part and pick up their garbage. <laughs> pick up their own garbage that they throw on the ground. I mean, come on.
1: That's a whole other <laughs> that's God, a, that's yeah. a rabbit hole there man because that is a frustrating effing topic
2: that and just i would yeah people cut fences to get through that's like oh really
1: <laughs> doesn't help us definitely doesn't help no
2: nope. no nope. and then yeah yeah i could go down forever on other stuff like that but I'm not even gonna go
1: there that uh that's the same guys complaining uh, about no access I, and it's not all of them right They're broad stroking but that's the type of guy that is right i'm gonna cut this fence i should be able to go in here if i want to Right, they don't, they don't help the situation at all
2: yeah exactly and then ranchers and people get mad at hunters well bye bye we're supposed to stick yeah we're supposed to stick, we're all hunters you know everyone that's hunters supposed to get stick together help each other out it drives me nuts as people bashing each other on facebook or instagram this person shot a deer we probably posted the tags on the right spot or it's like i was oh i get so frustrated and so upset like that it's like really can't you just say congratulations great deer um instead of say well, where'd you shoot that i knew what unit was it and, and then people just say oh you know and someone will say something and then it'll go into a a long thing about argument about oh, you shot it at six hundred yards, and then it'll turn into a big fight, and then it's great, great shot. I'm glad you got the deer. Congratulations. Yeah, Move be on. Done with. Keep it. scrolling. <laughs>
1: that's it. Be done with it. I mean, and that's one of the things, like with the podcast, that I I've been trying to work on. Right, and I don't know, you know, reach is one thing, blah blah blah, but I don't, I just don't get. I I don't get, you know, having to be on one side of the fence or another when it comes to it. I mean, you know, we're out there seeking, for the most part, the same thing, right? Right. To to have to have this divide in every aspect of it is just, it's just stupid, man. It just doesn't make
2: any damn sense. None. Nope. I know it's frustrating, but... Yeah, it's I don't think it's gonna change anytime. I mean, it just seems like it's it worse and people bashing hunters and but
1: Yeah. Well, let them that's bash just, us. Let's not bash yep. ourselves, right? I mean that's just
2: Well, that's what I mean. I mean, just I have a normal conversation mode on it instead of but but yeah. Easy. Um I we'll get off that soapbox as we'll we'll be
1: talking for another <laughs> two hours. That one just, yeah, it just irritates the piss out of me. So anything in closing, man? Anything you want to get out there? Um, any apologies to Kristen for letting us know she shot through her blind? Keep you safe after uh, <laughs> she hears um,
2: it? <laughs> yeah, honey, I'm um, going to be gone in Wyoming for probably a long time. Forgive me. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, no, just once, just like, people that are just getting in the outdoors or some people I know get nervous because, you know, I want to start out hunting or whatever. And all these people are showing pictures of big elk and big deer. I just wish you'd get that out to, you don't have, just, if you hunt, you don't have to shoot a big deer. You don't have to shoot a big elk. Um, just go out and just do it. Go enjoy it. Um, if you don't feel your tags, not a big deal. Who cares? it's about the experience. It's about getting out. It's about doing it with friends and family. It's about, you know, enjoying, enjoying the great outdoors. Um, I just, I feel like some people think with so much on Instagram and all the popularity stuff, it's like, Oh, I gotta have this. I gotta have that. You know, he's running this kind of gear in this backpack. I gotta have that. Go to Walmart, get yourself a Jan sport and some hiking boots and, and go hiking go hunting grab a gun shoot at 100 yards you don't have to shoot a deer at 600 yards shoot them at 50 yards it doesn't matter go and have fun and just don't worry about what just be yourself that's i mean go and be yourself don't try to be like this person because he's got a million followers or this i mean just be yourself don't don't worry about what people think about you because you're running like a jam sport backpack and seeking jeans and a hooded sweatshirt, who cares? Some people aren't fortunate to have a great job or have a little more money in this person. So it doesn't matter. Well, just get out there and enjoy it because life's short. You just never know.
1: Good deal, man. Well, I'm glad we finally got uh, a moment to do this. Got you back from the hunt um, you were a little bit sick there, but yeah, man, I appreciate the time. Um, thanks for all your support, man. I appreciate you listening and supporting this podcast and me. It's, uh, is greatly appreciated, man.
2: Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. I love it. I love listening to the podcasts, you know, throughout the, throughout the weeks. And, um, it's something new if I'm driving, it's like, Oh, there's a podcast. Got to get that podcast on. It's just, love listening to different people and their what you know different stories. You're doing a great job and um talking to you is easy. That's the biggest part. You know, you think you'd be on here you'd be nervous and all that, but no, it easy talking to you. go smooth. You do a great job and thanks for all that you do and um support the hunting industry and everything else.
1: Try to kill that divide a little bit man in my own little way yep, yep. good deal man you can catch up with brady on instagram at brady Redderath. head over to westerncontours.com subscribe and catch up on all the episodes thank you for listening